Welcome to C-Suite Radio. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Ugh. Sadness is in the house! Oh no! Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Happy Memorial Day from the Brett Allen Show. It's great to be here with you today. I couldn't think of a better guest for today's episode than Dwayne Dog Chapman, the bounty hunter himself. That's right. Dwayne Dog Chapman is on the show, and we covered a lot in this conversation. He was so nice and kind. We talked about what he's been up to, how the pandemic affected his bounty hunting business, and we also talked about his new program, Get the Lead Out or Bite the Bullet, about police reform and how his family is doing. We just had a fun and fantastic conversation. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I hope you enjoy the day off. Enjoy it. Relax. Thank you to our servicemen and women who serve our country and give us the freedoms that we enjoy. Enjoy today's episode with Dwayne Dog Chapman. You're listening to The Brett Allen Show, a pop culture podcast. Have you subscribed to this show yet? I've tried bribes. I've tried gifts. You should. It's absolutely free. I even sent him some pet oxen. Now back to the show with your host, Brad Allen. Idly hey. Welcome to another episode of the Brad Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished. A pop culture podcast. Join Brett weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, I'm back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so gonna party! Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. Wayne the Dog Chapman, welcome into the podcast. It's good to have you here today. Thank you, sir. Nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. Well, this is not a drill. If you're listening to the podcast now, you just tuned in. We are talking to the man himself, and this is going to be a fun conversation. I've been looking forward to this for a while. I feel like there's a lot of topics that I want to cover, but the first question I would have is, how are you doing? How have things been for you since this pandemic situation not to make it doom and gloom is kind of slowly starting to come to an end and life starting to get back to normal well on the fugitive side it's a little you know it's hard probably 80 percent harder to see who he is with a mask on (laughs) and it's just good right now because they're raising the mask mandate so all my fugitives are still wearing them (laughs) so uh you know it's a challenge in every business but in law enforcement the jails sometimes they don't except the guy. And of course, the new word the defendant uses is I have COVID. And, uh, you know, the jail's like, okay, dog, we're not taking it. So it's a challenge, but, you know, the worst of the worst are going to jail. Interesting. Well, that leads me to my next question then, because I know when I'm in Northern California, and I know when all of this crazy stuff happened, courts went on hold, everything went on hold. How did that affect your fugitive business on that side as far as like everything just kind of coming to a halt? Were you able to keep moving and doing what you do or did you kind of have to stop along with everyone else? Well, crime it go went on and goes on no matter what. So when someone doesn't show up for court, the courts in the beginning postponed a lot of the hearing. So it okay. slowed down, which we needed. Take a rest or break. 
but now they're back up going and you know it it like i say it affects us more with we can't take that guy he could be sick or we're not going to take a burger right now we take uh murderers cop shooters baby rapers that's it you know so okay that went on for a little bit but it's starting to go back to normal and but the, there's i've heard i haven't checked just heard a couple of things that there was an increase in crime in uh as COVID was here. So, yeah, it's crazy. Like who would have thought this would have happened to begin with, but then it just seemed to affected everybody, but it doesn't sound like you've slowed down at all. You've been very busy at all. I mean, I see you on TV and the media talking about different things. And I want to talk about this mandate that you're working on or this take the lead out. I want to get into that because it's just been a crazy time all around. If you wouldn't mind just sharing with our listeners, about what this is and, and what it is that you and your team and your family are striving for to, to make some real change in the world. Thank you. Well, uh, I've arrested over 8,000 fugitives in a 43-year uh, career and shot about 1,500. I know that sounds like a lot, but it's really it's not. not. Comparative. And I've never killed anyone because they use non-lethal weapons. So uh, a lot of departments don't have the choice to do that. You know, they've got a taser. Uh, tasers work and there's a lot of times they don't the guy's too far away he's got too many clothes on uh, the pepper ball so far I've tr- I've tested uh, probably 25 to 30 non-lethal weapons and so far the pepper ball gun which uh, propels a it looks like a marble and when it hits you it blows and there's pepper but when it hits you you're going down the it's like a Mike they describe it like Mike Tyson punch and I have a fully automatic, so the guy, the person is down. So it, it all depends on if I have get the draw on the guy. If I got a real gun, he gets a draw on me, I'm going to lose. So if I have a non-lethal weapon and I get the draw on him, even if he's got a real gun, I'm going to win because I'm going to shoot him first. And then there's, you know, the pepperball gun has been around for a while, but they're getting better. But if scientists and people that be get in on it you know they've got tranquilizer guns that can drop elephants i'm sure they could make something that would hit a man boom like that he's down out instead of killing these kids and mostly kids of of the uh, black tribe i mean you look at the statistics and you can't dodge that and so uh someone had to get out there and say we need to change the weapon we do not need to use the ammunition that we use in war in our neighborhoods, not. You gotta come up with something else. And now I brought this forward a couple months ago and lo and behold, right afterwards, uh, boy, it is crazy. There's a, in Georgia, the one mayor took away all the weapons from the police. The uh, Georgia Supreme Court just made a ruling that if you're being arrested by a police officer and you think you're innocent, you can fight back. And if you kick his car window out or something while you're in the car, you won't be charged with damaging property. So uh, the second part of take the bullet is officer training. Uh, they're going to, you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to use, uh, you know, skin on skin. You're going to have to use, you can't just pull, you know, pull out a weapon and kill them. You can't do that. So the world is changing in, in law enforcement and the courthouse. Okay. It's, it's changing in law enforcement, and pretty soon I see a change for lawyers. 
You know, so the criminal justice system is just that, criminal. It hasn't been changed for so many years. It's so biased, uh, you know, prejudice against, again, the Black tribe. Uh, it's a sickening. I've done, oh, I must have done uh, nine seasons, 30, 40, 30 shows a season A&E. I think the African-American community, I rested maybe 4% because I don't do that because they don't get a fair trial. So unless a mother or a father ask me, dog, please help me save or find my son, I don't get involved. I don't do that because it's not fair. But so there's a lot of things changing, not only bite the bullet, but get training for officers. The maximum, the maximum training period is six months, uh, some are six weeks. You go to be a lawyer for, what, six years? And they teach you about the law, but police officer alleged training six months. Here's a gun and a badge. Not, not right. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I have friends who have gone through the police academy here in California or post training, as they call it, right? Police officers Mm -hmm. nice training. It's like six months and then they get out and then either they get hired by an agency or vice versa the agency you know puts them through the training depending on what county it is here in the bay area but yeah then it's like you get put out on a patrol car chp whatever the case might be and that's where your real training learns but i think the problem is and and please correct me if i'm wrong dog is that in the sense of it's incumbent of course there's the police academy training but it's really incumbent upon the police trainer right the field officer to really teach them how things are supposed to go right well that that cop has got the commander that's training has got to have the criteria and what to teach yeah he just can't come up and right now they're not trained to wound you know that they're trained to kill yeah they're not trained to shoot you in the leg shoot you in the arm you know they're trained to kill you so uh, there's a lot of things changing and a lot, the thin blue line has been crossed. Never has cops testified against cops ever. They're doing it because there is a lot of good cops that are, you know, I'm not putting up with this. I've got a family to feed. A lot of cops care about things. I care about people. I care about uh, people that get hurt, victims of crime. I really care. Mm-hmm. I care about solving it, hugging the person when you get done. Uh, you know, there's thousands of cops like me. But there are some cops that that get in that get in it just to be a tough guy, and really they're not. <laughs> no. no, no, they couldn't fight their way out of a paper bag. But <laughs> so they pull a gun out and shoot. You know that's because they can't fight their sissies, so they're going to shoot you because they can't get down. You know, so that's got to change. If they're like that, put them in an office. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if they're like that, put them at the car pound. If they're like that, put them at other places, not evidence, on the streets. In an evidence locker somewhere. Yeah, you know, we could still pay him and he could, we could love him, but not on the streets where all he could do is kill one of these kids. It's terrible. Yeah, I really appreciate your candidness and honesty about this because you're the closest I've come to in talking with somebody in law enforcement who really wants to see change affected. I, you mentioned your show, and we'll talk about that more here at the end, but. I remember watching you on A&E and your family, you're all rolling together, taking care of business. Right. You always showed kindness and grace and mercy and humanity. You guys prayed together, sometimes even with the suspects, often those individuals, although, you know, they've made bad choices consciously or not, you know, are having a bad day, so to speak. Right. 
not to dismiss their behavior, but you always treated people with humanity. And you well, you have to. Yeah. You have to, because in 1976, I was treated the same way. And what changed me was how the cop talked to me. And uh, years ago, when the show first came out, uh, guys would get arrested and they'd tell me, I got arrested. And the cop said, I'm not Dog the Bounty Hunter. No, you're not smoking. Or don't think this is Dog the Bounty Hunter, scum. Nowadays, I saw a in LA, a SWAT commander. He's probably going to kill me for saying it. And he is built like the Hulk, right? And I saw, I told him I'm trying to quit smoking. And I saw a pack of Marlboros in his shirt. And I go, what's that for? He goes, guess. <laughs> and I went, oh, you redneck copper. You got a heart. Only when I have to, he said. Because <laughs> this is a SWAT commander. They got to be, you know, they got to be tough, right? And he like give guys cigarettes. I could see that. So, you know, there it's changing and you can get uh, nice to someone, get more information because that's what you need. A lot of times and the arrest is more info where someone else is or what's going down or what's happening. And the nicer you can be or are, you're going to get that info. Now you don't, you know, throw your kindness for weakness. And the Bible says, don't throw your pearls before the swine. Yeah. There's times where, you know, I get someone uh, convicted or charged with sexual assault on a child and they did it. They get no mercy. I might give them a cigarette. But, you know, there's crimes beat up a woman so bad. This one guy, martial arts guy, 300 stitches in her face that eh, you ain't getting no cigarette. You know, there's times when they just go too far. But most of the time. You know, it's a, it's, and usually anymore, it's not a mistake uh, that they make once. It's a drug driven. I got to get a load. I got to get high. I got to make money to get high. I got to have at least a hundred bucks, 150, 200 a day, every day. So that's what's driving these guys to break the laws, the drugs. So a lot of states are legalizing marijuana. And I have seen since that, you know, these guys need a crutch. Sorry, they're not perfect. And a lot of the, uh, the marijuana is slowing these guys down, settling them down. 43 years I've done this. I never arrested a guy for smoking a joint, beating his wife, you know, and uh, those that think it's terrible, they thought the same thing in, in the prohibition. Yeah, alcohol you know, is it, the worst. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> the worst, right? I mean, not to get on this topic too much, but did you ever imagine, dog, in your day as the bounty hunter, the man, that you could get Thank marijuana you. delivered to your house by a no, driver no, ever. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I never ask. thought that would ever happen, you know, uh, especially in and, Hawaii but, at the time where you were living, you know, I'm not sure where you're at now, but I, right. I never thought it would ever happen. I'm sure ever in your lifetime. No, I, well, I kind of saw it in the eighties. Okay. You know, where uh, like I'd land in Texas, right. And walk, walk in the airport and within three minutes, Oregon, within two minutes, somebody walk up and say, hey, dog, because of your bail bonds business is duck kind, I know you smoke pot, you want to join? <laughs> and I'm always thinking, you know, you know, it's either a magazine or the cops. So I say no. Of course. <laughs> but I saw it pre you know, prevalent in states where in Oklahoma, the cops said to change this black rapper, one seed is all we need. <laughs> and I'm telling you, so many people offered me pot in Oklahoma. I'm like, wow, you guys, you know, uh, and I think they've legalized it too. So I saw it slowly 
because of the the quantity and the people that were smoking in it and breaking the law, I seen that's why they started legalizing it. Yeah. Because they thought, hey, you know, grandma's smoking it, grandpa, <laughs> you know, and then uh, disease, cancer patients, oh, yeah. kids, kids with epilepsy, you know, they started seeing, uh, wow, this stuff is doing a lot of healing and, you know, they could use it a lot. So uh, I'm glad. I mean, but anyway, that's with your heroin, cocaine, uh, you know, they're mixing heroin now out of Mexico and other countries with fentanyl and it's killing people. That stuff is no good. That's you've got to stop those guys. And I've had chronic meth heads, chronic heroin addicts. I have said, you're out on bond with me. You're going to pee every two days, not three. Every three days, your system's clean. And if you're dirty one time, you're going to smoke pot. And if I catch you dirty again, I'm putting you back in jail, getting off your bond. I had a guy named, I've said this story a few times, but I had a guy named Bosco call me up and say, dog, I am whooping your Ocole. And I'm, Bosco, for what? And he can't. For what? He said, you ruined my life for crime. He said, I ate a Twinkie, had sex, went to sleep, smoked three joints. <laughs> and he said, but dog, I feel so good. And then his wife got on the phone and thanked me. So I, you know, I don't care what people say or what they, their convictions are when you see it happen and you see it work, then that's what you do is go by what you see, not where, oh, you're going to go to hell for smoking a joint. I don't think when you get to heaven, if you smoke pot, that God's going to go, oh, he smoked marijuana, pour the gasoline and no. pour a big old five gallon can of gas on you and tell Gabriel, light him up, and torch you up. I don't think so. Okay, let's get into this. So the Bible says that in the last days, talks about all these diseases, COVID, what's going down with the weather, you know, and it says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Yes. We're, I'm not saying Jesus is coming in the morning. I'm saying that we have entered the last days, the last sign that shall be fulfilled in the Bible. The Bible says, and knowledge shall abound. That is Google. Knowledge is abounding so much. And he said, here we go, here we go. And it is starting. No. So I get so many guys that, and girls that ask me to pray for them or because they see me praying on the shows and it, I've never been through what's going through right now in the world, as far as, you know, people turning to God. And uh, I've never seen that like that. So that's also part of my life right now. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you, People see me pray five, 600 times and you see them in the grocery store. Most of the time, the first thing is, dog, will you pray for me? And if you do that four or five times a week, as you know, what kind of person do you turn into? Yeah. I mean, you turn are into you, a, a you know what I mean? Yeah. You I know what it. I mean? Yeah. hundred percent. The word mother effer and all that. You're like, oh my God, I got to quit saying this thing and stuff because sure. I'll have to pray for you. You know, you can't do that. <laughs> No, so and the nature of my being is being pushed like that. Thank you, God, into being a better, uh, like, uh, I don't like the word servant, but I guess the Bible calls us that, a better servant of God, you know, as like you do things for him. So a lot of my life, bounty hunting and my social life and my private life is turning more like that. We're going, Francie and I are going a lot of places speaking in churches. And I'm seeing addictions. You know, I get a guy. I have to shoot him with my pepper ball gun and get him down, cook him up. 
get him in the car and start talking to him. And he's like, okay, Doug, I want to stop. I really want to quit. And I'm like, okay, let's say a prayer. You go to jail now. So you're going to quit then. And let's <laughs> hope that you're quit. Yeah. Yeah. And let's hope you're quit lasts long enough to get out. The same thing when you speak in a church, they come up, you know, you don't got to beat them up. They come up and say, dog, I need to quit. Would you please say a prayer for me? You don't got to put them in jail, whoop them to, you know, cuff them and choke them out. You don't got to do that. They're voluntarily coming up. I'm not used to that. I got to choke them out. No, this sounds funny, but I've never told no one this story because that's the same adrenaline, the same, I can pat myself on the back. I can be proud of myself. When I capture the guy, get him, put him in jail, the victims, the this, the that. But I'm feeling the same way when the guy comes up in a church and like, you know, the preacher, you know how to do that. Probably you're good at it. They make the altar call. You know, if you'd like to accept the Lord in your heart and you like to come up here, I'd like you to be brave right now and take a step. Oh man, when they start coming up, I'm like freaking out, bro. I'm like, oh my God, look at that guy. Oh my God, look at that girl. You know, I just get so excited. And that's a turn on psychologically to me, adrenaline to me. So uh, I'm finally learning you don't got to beat them all up. I love it. I tell you, if I saw you in public, I would probably ask you the same thing. Oh, that's but, nice. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about another topic here. I know we have a time limit on this. Yes, we're almost out. So we are. I'm sorry. That's okay. This is more than amazing. One last topic, this show that you were a part of for nine seasons, reality TV before reality TV was cool. Your family was involved in this with you, watching your kids grow up on television, essentially. As a father, how does that make you feel to have them not only be interested in what you're doing, but also carry on and take on the family business, so to speak? I wrote in my book, I wrote, I said, if there's any money left, kids, dad made a mistake because I'm going to spend it all. And what I'm leaving you is a name. I would rather leave them a name than money. I'm not going to leave them any money because I don't have any. <laughs> so, uh, no, that's good. Okay. But I'd rather leave them a name. I'm very proud of Leland. It's like banging every day, still arrested crazies. Gary boy, little Gary boy, six foot four, wow. 240 pounds. He's in Michigan joining the state highway patrol. Baby Lisa has her own clothing store in Hawaii, still is investigating. She's a really good, really good investigator. And uh, she's doing some children that get abused and little children that have got murdered. Cecily's doing the same thing. There are almost every one of my children uh, are doing something law enforcement-ish. Or Bonnie Joe is protesting the police. You know, all of a sudden she's uh, protests and all the cops, da, 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 da. that's her gig, I guess, you know, so they're all in some kind of law enforcement deal. So that makes me very proud. I've got one that is a jailbird and he beats up bicycles and cars and uh, he is an idiot. I met him when he was 19 and I met him. The grandma said, you got a son, he's in jail and he's still in jail. He's in and out of jail so much, but when there's a siren in the hood and I hear it, it's not my Christopher. He's in jail safe. So out of 13, one is in heaven and two are in jail and the rest are successful. So I did an 80% good job. Well, so I'm proud of them. I think you did an outstanding job. This show was fantastic. 
If you haven't seen it, just Google uh, Dwayne the Dog Chapman A and E. You can watch clips. This has been an amazing conversation, and it's thank been you, and brother, and brother. They can go to CMT and watch Dogs Most Wanted, which was after yes. the A and E show, and then they can go to WGN and watch. Uh, no, Dog and Beth on the Hunt was was CMT. Dog and Beth on the Hunt. Dogs Most Wanted is on uh, WGN. So there are. 70 uh there's hundreds of episodes that they could see yes check it out we'll link all of that on our show notes uh Dwayne the dog chapman it's an honor thanks for joining me today. thank you brother aloha thank you sir let's do this again that brings today's show to a close goodly do thanks for stopping by if you enjoyed the episode feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe it's absolutely free the views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.